this is the Top of the Mountain Podcast with Jimmy Pilato, your home for RMAC weekly updates on D2Football.com. Now, here is your host, Jimmy Pilato. Welcome back, RMAC football fans, to another episode of the Top of the Mountain Podcast. My name is Jimmy Pilato. I will be your host, and we have uh, we have to talk about last week's game of the week. If you guys listen, be if you haven't listened, be sure to go back and listen to that one because uh, we also break down the ending of the Colorado Mines and New Mexico Highlands game. We will be doing these every single week uh, on all podcasting feeds as well as D2Football.com is where you can find this show. Uh, and then you can keep track of the new content coming out regarding the RMAC and my work with D2Football.com by following my other podcasts at FEOTB Pod for the far end of the bench. Uh, that podcast comes out every Wednesday. Um, and we talk about all different kinds of sports, not just D2 football. And then also at Dago Express, that is my bi-weekly podcast, comes out every other Tuesday with my brother Nick. Uh, we kind of just hang around. Coming up, we, we might have a situation to where he has to wax his chest, depending on how the Jets game goes that, this weekend. Uh, but you can check out that show or Far End of the Bench if you wanted to hear more about that. This, the Top of the Mountain podcast, we are into week four of RMAC football and it's been it's crazy to think that it's almost been a month since we started playing football again in the 2021 season everything looks to be going pretty smoothly uh, we've had some really good games some surprising games uh, but we get to talk about the ones that were, that I choose each week for the game of the week uh, remember also we had the GLIAC columnist on uh, two eps- last week's episode as well to talk about the CSU Pueblo versus Grand Valley game uh, and get a little bit more crossover between the other D2Football.com games. But now we get into the real reason why we're here. We're going to talk about the game of the week from last week, which was the 74th Colorado Classic between Western Colorado University and Adams State University, the Mountaineers versus the Grizzlies for the 74th time. Western Colorado does get the victory. First time they've gotten a victory in Alamosa since the year 2000. Uh, it's also the first win in the rivalry series in four years. Last couple years have been really close. Mentioned the overtime game in Gunnison two years ago. And then last year it was uh, three points that decided the entire thing. So it's good for Western. They kind of got the monkey off their back a little bit. They had some really, really good performances. Uh, Just real quick before we move on. The series now, series record, Western is leading 40-34. to Um, And like I said, it's their first win since 2000 and first in four years. Uh, Really want to give a big shout out. A guy that was a freshman my second year over there at Western. He came in with a lot of hype. He was from Alaska, of all places, if you can believe that. Joshua Cummings, the running back, he had a huge day. I'm going to go ahead and say that he had probably the most important performance, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, we'll talk about them a little bit later on when we're discussing that. But to start with, Josh Cummings. This is the year that he was given more responsibility. He's been kind of the backup. Uh, He might have been the starter, but he wasn't relied on in all the different kinds of situations. He was definitely relied on last Saturday night. He had 31 rushing attempts, ended with 154 yards. Two touchdowns, had a long of 20, and ended up having a 5.0 yards per carry average. So Josh Cummings, if you're going to look to a player, one player on the offensive side of the ball, for Western Colorado, that's who you have to really look at. Connor Desch didn't have a terrible game, but we will talk about it. He was sacked twice uh, and threw four interceptions as the first, actually leading to the only touchdown scored 
by the Adam State Grizzlies. Um, like I said, the offense had a really, really big day. It was an interesting matchup overall. Western really did dominate most of it. Looking here at the box score, uh, tied 7-7 after the first quarter. Western was then up 17-10 to going into halftime. And coming out of halftime, it was always going to be, how is Western going to finish out the game? I would say for the last few years, especially against Adams State, when you're playing against a major rival, it's not something that's necessarily going to be an easy thing to do, whether you dominate the whole game, whether you lead the whole game or not. You're going to have to make sure you end things the way that you want it because there's always, when you have this much on the line, you have a trophy on the line and a long-standing second longest rivalry in Colorado college football history uh, right behind Western and Colorado Mines, which will be coming up in a couple weeks. But uh, it was really big to see Western finally get the monkey off their back because they've been really close, and I was very happy for everybody that was out there. Uh, I remember I was part of the 2016 year when we did win the Colorado Classic Trophy back in Gunnison. That was an amazing feat. Can't imagine what it would have been like uh, this past weekend. I remember last in 2019, uh, on my last season when we beat Colorado Mesa and Grand Junction for the first time since 2001, you've never really had that kind of elation or that kind of just excitement. I'm ne I never really experienced it all that much. Um, that was a, a really big win, exercised some demons, and now Western off to a 3-0 start for the first time in 40 years, and they're also 2-0 in RMAC play, beating Shadron and now Adams State. Adams had a tough night. They were not able to really get too much rolling offensively. Um, they, they did what they could. Their defense really shored up in the red zone. Well, we talked about the four interceptions. Connor Desch was getting uh, confused a little bit most of the night. There was a few times where he, he definitely should have thrown balls that he did. Unfortunately, you got to learn from those mistakes. Luckily, that's all you can really say now. It, it happened. Don't really let, don't try not to let it happen again. But you were still able to pull it out. Um, the Grizzlies, they had a nice little night running the ball. Ended with 177 yards as a team. Tyreek Campbell. Uh, the number one rusher for the Grizzlies, 18 carries, 114 yards, no touchdowns, but he did have a 6.3 yards per carry average. And uh, it, it was really interesting to see the way the, the defense for Western Colorado, they never let any of the offensive struggles get to them. Granted, it's not necessarily what we've seen over the last couple of years with the Mountaineers and the offense having 14 three and outs, punting 13 times and then the defense having to be out there for a majority of the game. I believe that both defenses, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna look at the time of possession here. And Western actually led time of possession with a total of 33 minutes, 47 seconds, um, which is why the defense was able to play as well as they did. 0 for two red zone chances for the Grizzlies. They missed a couple field goals in the second half. But they were never able to break the plane of the end zone on offense. And when Coach Todd Auer and their defense is getting themselves in that kind of state where you have Robbie Garlock, Tim Mullen, Ethan Sanchez-Maxwell, Lane Ferris, Wyatt Burr, all with at least five tackles themselves, uh, a couple forced fumbles, Lane Ferris forced a, a fumble, as well as Tim Mullen, um, there was not much that the defense didn't do to make sure that they held on to this, to this game and to this lead, getting – help from everybody up and down the lineup. That's really where you see the difference. Um, 
And you could tell that Adam State, no matter what they were going to try to do, it just wasn't going to be their night. Western came out with a different kind of confidence. It's a confidence that I'm very glad they did have. And I'm I'm really, you know, this is a huge moment in program history for this coaching staff as well. This is as good of a start this coaching staff has ever had. And in all honesty, with their game coming up this week against Fort Lewis, it could be a possible trap game because you got to think about the Colorado Mines game coming up in the beginning of October. But you get to play a team that, in their last outing, gave up 76 points at home to Colorado School Mines. This will be Western's Hall of Fame game on Saturday at 1 p.m., which will be a lot of fun to watch if uh, I actually have a bye week for the team that I'm coaching. So I'm probably going to have this on in the background, um, depending on what other, whatever else we have going on. But Fort Lewis is coming to Gunnison this weekend, and then Adams is going to take the long road trip. They're also, their game's also at 1 this weekend. They're going to be playing the Black Hills University Yellow Jackets, Black Hills State University Yellow Jackets, who, in their own right, had a very successful weekend, uh, only losing to Pueblo by three points in Pueblo. The Thunderwolves do not look like themselves, but Black Hills looks to be a lot tougher, much more like that 2016 team that saw them start 7-0 and until they went up to Gunnison and lost to the Mountaineers with Austin Eckler. Black Hills is going to be a big test for Adams. Adams right now, they see their hopes of getting their first winning season since 2013 dwindling with the 0-3 start. Only have a couple more games that they could lose, and they're going to have to start playing. They have, they haven't had the toughest schedule, and that's the one thing that I I want to talk about with Adams because they did play Western New Mexico. They lost that that game 35-17. Eastern New Mexico beat them 42-14, and now Western beats them at home 24-10. This is going to be a tough matchup going to Black Hills. It's a long trip. Nobody really likes to have 10-hour bus rides, uh, and unfortunately, there's not really an airport close enough that you can fly out there, so you got to travel. It's a three-day bus trip to get up there in Spearfish, and they have a very good home field advantage. If you've never been to a game up at Black Hills State, if you're able to make it out there, you can go look at the uh, you can go look at Mount Rushmore and everything like that, but Black Hills has a very, very big following in that little town of Spearfish. Their fire department will uh, flash the lights and sirens every time they score a touchdown. It's going to be a very difficult game as well, but this is one of the ones that Adams, especially when we're looking at the preseason standings, these two teams, in my mind, were pretty much dead even as to how they were going to go throughout the rest of the season and to what they were going to be able to do moving forward. But that is... Our discussion of last week's game of the week, big shout out to the Western Colorado University Mountaineers for their 3-0 start and a big 24-10 victory over the Adams State University Grizzlies. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here and we will come back and discuss this upcoming week's game of the week, which is going to be one for the ages, I believe, a couple teams that are in different spots as of early this, this early in the season, but this game will have a big impact on how the RMAC standings finish out. We'll also talk about those RMAC standings uh, coming up at the end of this episode. But for now, this is the Top of the Mountain Podcast with Jimmy Pilato, your home for RMAC Sports football talk, and we will be right back after this quick break. Now we move forward on the Top of the Mountain Podcast presented by D2Football.com and available wherever you listen to podcasts as well as the D2Football.com website. My name is Jimmy Pilato. I am your host. I'm the RMAC columnist for D2Football.com. 
And uh, we just talked about the 74th Colorado Classic that took place over the weekend in Alamosa between Western Colorado and their cross-state rival, uh, pretty much region regional rival, Adams State University. And now we get to look forward into what I think is going to be the game of the week in week four. Uh, maybe it's it might seem a little strange when you first hear who the teams are going to be. Uh, but real quick before we talk about that, be sure to follow both my Far End of the Bench podcast Twitter at FEOTB pod on Instagram as well. Um, and also the Dago Express podcast. That one uh, is at Dago Express on Instagram and Twitter. But that's where you can keep up with all new content coming with this show. And uh, it's where we post. I post the links to my columns on D2Football.com that I write every week that you can now see. Uh, from yesterday afternoon, you can get all my predictions for the six games coming up this weekend for the RMAC teams, uh, and not just the two games of the week from these two weeks. But now, let's talk about what I think is the week four game of the week, and that is going to be the matchup taking place in Grand Junction, Colorado, at Stalker Stadium, 1 p.m. kickoff time, the Shadron State Eagles coming from Shadron State, Nebraska, going to Stalker Stadium to play the Mavericks of Colorado Mesa, who started out the season 2-0, and and uh, they also had their bye week early on. They Mesa is coming off a big victory over New Mexico Highlands that pushed them to 2-0. and They also played William Jewell back in week one and beat them up pretty badly on that opening Thursday night, 40-3. Shadron had a little bit tougher of a start to the schedule. They lost to Western in Gunnison week one, 23-10, and then the following week had a chance to beat number 22, Angelo State, the Rams from Texas at home in front of a home crowd. They had a 17-point lead at halftime and ended up giving it away uh, in the final two quarters to lose that game 28-24. But they did bounce back week three, had a big win at home against South Dakota Mines, an 11-point victory, 31-10. That is where the Eagles enter in to play the Colorado Mesa Mavericks. Now, RMAC fans know more, more, than, more often than not, Colorado Mesa is near the top of the RMAC standings when it comes to the end of the season. They don't always win the actual conference title, but they normally finish at least within the top four, most of the time top three. This season, I was not sure what they were going to look like. They had a lot of new players coming in, a lot of different faces, a new coach um, after they fired their longtime head coach going out of the 2019 season into the 2020 year before the pandemic shut everything down. But Colorado Mesa has really bounced themselves into a favorable position. One of the few undefeated teams left here, looking at the standings in the RMAC. Right now, the only undefeated teams left in the conference is Colorado School of Mines, Western Colorado, and Colorado Mesa. Um, That is really an elite company to be kept in, especially in a season where you probably didn't have the most expectations coming in. Not a lot of people knew what the Mavericks were going to look like. Now they get to host the Shadron State Eagles, who were on the opposite side of the spectrum after the preseason polls came out. The Eagles were picked to finish third, right ahead of the Colorado Mason Mavericks, who were picked to finish fourth. And so far, they have looked good. They have been able to put up some points. But it's really come down to week one was a lack of discipline, gave up a lot of penalties, and wasn't able to take care and, and execute the way that we were expecting them to. Coach Jay Long was disappointed about that. Bounce back against Angelo State, get out to a big lead against a nationally ranked opponent, and then somehow give away 17 points in the final 30 minutes of the game. It's been a rough two weeks to start the season for Shadron, but then 
let's talk about their game this past weekend against South Dakota Mines. South Dakota Mines came into the game undefeated. They had beaten uh, Maysville State and Missouri S&T, the Hard Rockers, trying to make a name for themselves in the RMAC Conference, a team that has not finished in the top half of the conference since they entered the, the RMAC back in 2016. Um, and, and they wanted to come out and make a statement. Good on the Eagles. They were pretty much in front the entire time. Uh, South Dakota Mines kept pace for the first half, but then not able to keep up in the second half, leading to that 31-20 to 20 final score. The Eagles were boosted by a huge aerial explosion. They are normally, this is where Danny Woodhead went to college. They're normally a ground and pound team. They have good offensive linemen. They're coached well up front. This time they decided that quarterback Dalton, I'm going to make sure that I get his name correct here, quarterback Dalton Holst went 22 of 29 for 327 yards and two touchdowns. 327 yards is more than the Hard Rockers had in total. No turnovers, two touchdowns, great day for quarterback Dalton Holst. He had a big connection with receiver Chad Mickelson. He doubled the leading mark for the South Dakota Mines receivers with 149 yards himself on five catches and a touchdown. And now we're just going to have to see if they can repeat those performances. We've seen them play well in the first half. We've seen them play well in the second half. We've just now seen them put together three weeks, in a full game in a row, all four quarters. They're going to have to do that again because the Colorado Mesa Mavericks, they want to make sure that they're able to take the next step and push themselves a little bit farther along than what maybe people expected them coming into the season. The Mavericks, so far on the season in their two games, they're averaging 50 points per game. They are... Uh, kind of making me seem like an idiot. If you go back to my preseason poll, I said I'm not sure how much they're going to be able to score, how much chemistry they're going to be able to have. Uh, that it really hasn't come to fruition at all. It's it's really been just uh, one, one thing right after the other. Against New Mexico Highlands, a team that was also undefeated kind of unexpectedly early on, it, it ended up being a pretty big shootout. But Colorado Mesa was able to score 14 points in all four quarters. Their defense, while they gave up 37 points, they knew that their offense had their back. Unfortunately, that's not going to be a recipe for success if you're a Colorado Mesa Mavericks fan every single week. That is uh, once in once every now and then you're able to do that. They did have a big day from quarterback Karst Hunter, who finished with 314 yards. Their running back, Avian Thomas, 130 yards for him. And receiver Lionel McConnell had 165 yards receiving for himself also avian thomas added one score four mesa mavericks added a touchdown on the ground for a total of five quarterback karst hunter had two on the ground as well as three passing so it was a big five touchdown day for him only one interception you would like it to have been none but he was able to keep the game in check and keep the mavericks moving forward defensively Mesa pretty much made New Mexico Highlands play from behind the entire time. Quarterback for the Cowboys, Ramon Atkins, he was 22 of 43 for 335 yards, four touchdowns. But when you're throwing the ball 43 times, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're having a great day. It means that you're not really able to do much else. And looking here at the rushing stats as a team, we talked about Colorado Mesa having five players to score. Uh, they also had a net total of 272 yards as the Cowboys were only able to gain 200. I don't believe 
the Cowboys, they did not have a single rusher over 100 yards. So Avian Thomas, especially with the big 72-yard run to open up the scoring in the first quarter, that was huge for, for momentum building for Mesa. And then also Karst Hunter connected with Lionel McConnell for a 70-yard touchdown pass. Uh, that added a, quite a big total to his 165 yards on the day. So really, defensively, there are some concerns for Mesa. Now let's look at how these two teams are going to combat each other so far on the season. If I'm Shadron, I know that I need to run the ball better than I did last weekend against South Dakota Mines. South Dakota Mines defense, they tried to make them one-dimensional, or maybe that was just the hot hand that was working. So Coach Jay Long continued to air it out with his quarterback, Dalton Holst. It's not going to be something unless you have a true number one Division One talent at quarterback. You really shouldn't be trying to aim for 300 yards passing each week. Be nice if it happened. It just doesn't happen all that often, especially at the Division Two level. Now, over on the Mesa side, defense is going to have to do something to slow, the, slow this team down. They're going to have to try and figure out a way to make sure that this doesn't happen. They don't explode for the 300 yards and, and a lot of scores. I do see this game being a very big offensive shootout. I think both defenses are going to struggle because the talent level that we're seeing on the offensive side of the ball for both squads, whichever defense is able to hold them down and get at least one more stop in their opponent, that's going to be where we're going to see this game decided. If Mesa is able to get two touchdowns instead uh, two touchdowns before Shadron can answer. I believe that seven, at least seven-point margin is probably going to be there. Now, I, I have a final score prediction for this game, and it is less than seven points. I think that it's going to be very close. I do have Colorado Mesa winning the game just because they've shown a little bit more consistency offensively. Uh, Shadron at times has looked inept on offense other than this past weekend. They, they struggled against Angelo State in the second half. They struggled pretty much the whole time against the Western defense in Gunnison in week one. So I'm giving the nod to the Colorado Mesa Mavericks. I see this game finishing 38-35 in favor of the boys from Grand Junction. And Colorado Mesa will then move to 3-0 on the season, 1-0 in the conference, and continue their run, try and push 2-0, excuse me, in the conference uh, and continue to try and push themselves up through the rest of the standings. And, and hopefully, if you can keep yourself close to the top, you can keep yourself undefeated until you play those really tough teams. Uh, we'll see here. I'm going to look up when Colorado Mesa plays um, any of the other top teams in the conference. One second. Just in case you weren't aware, I do do my all my own producing on all of my shows. So... When I have to look something up, that's why it takes that long. It's not just because I don't know how to work, com work a computer, but that could also be it. So this weekend, they play Shadron. They won't play Colorado Mines until the end of October, and then afterwards, they also have to play Western Colorado. So they go Mines and Western back-to-back, -back, which right now are the two top teams in the RMAC. That's not a very favorable schedule, but if Mesa can continue to bank games, they're going to have CSU Pueblo coming up after this, Adam State and Fort Lewis before Mines gets there. If they can somehow make themselves 5 and 0 when the Ore Diggers uh when they go, yeah, when they host the Ore Diggers, when the Ore Diggers come to town, then we're going to start seeing what this Mavericks team really is capable of. Uh and sometimes all it takes is a little bit of momentum. I didn't necessarily expect them to be up there around this level of play, 
but I'm more than happy to have as many teams fighting for a conference championship. I think that's what makes the RMAC special, and RMAC teams really, uh, other than a few, uh, other than a few schools, RMAC teams are doing a really good job of making sure they compete on a national stage. So that's what I feel the Shadron and Colorado Mesa game will come down to this weekend. That is our game of the week for week four here on the Top of the Mountain podcast. And now looking at the standings, Colorado School of Mines still holding on to that number one spot, uh, technically tied dead even with Western, both 3-0 and overall, 2-0 and in the conference. And they are going to be meeting in two weeks from now. So I, you can kind of guess what game, what, is going to be the game of the week for that episode of the Top of the Mountain. But then after Western, Colorado Mesa, who, like we just talked about, plays Shadron this weekend at home in Grand Junction, looking to go 2-0 in the conference and 3-0 overall in the season. CSU Pueblo comes in at number four, getting their first win in conference over the Black Hill State um, Yellow Jackets. Pueblo will be going to Rapid City, South Dakota this weekend to take on the Colorado School or South Dakota School of Mines Hard Rockers. For that game, I have uh, the prediction of being. Prediction for this game, I have CSU Pueblo winning 24 to 6, but that is kind of keeping in mind that the CSU Pueblo defense has not been near good enough, or excuse me, CSU Pueblo offense has not been near good enough to be considered a, a case to be in the top of the RMAC standing so far. After CSU Pueblo, we get Shadron, who's 1-1 one one in the conference, 1-2 and two overall. They go to Grand Junction and Stocker Stadium to play the Mavericks this weekend. New Mexico Highlands, after that hot start, has fallen on a little bit of hard times. They're going to be taking the long trip to play FCS school Tarleton State, who, if you remember, actually played against Fort Lewis in Week 2. No, that was Week 1. Fort Lewis went out to Stephenville, Texas, and lost 54-7. to um, Not necessarily an indication of how this game is going to go. Tarleton State, though, is a one division higher than New Mexico Highlands. So for that game, I have the final pr- score prediction being Tarleton State 35, New Mexico Highlands 21. Highlands has been able to score points, but their defense has not been able to stop a soul. Um, so that's where I came up with that one. Next here. In the composite schedule, we have actually the standings, excuse me, the standings after New Mexico Highlands, Black Hill State, 0-1 in the conference, 2-1 overall. They are going to be playing this weekend at home against Adams. I have Black Hills winning that game over the Grizzlies. I think that Black Hills is shown to be a much better team, a much improved team from what we've seen here in the past. So, I have Black Hills winning that game, and I have the final score going to be 34-17. to I think there's going to be a few field goals that have to be kicked, but I do have faith that, especially at home, Black Hills is going to be looking to make a statement and get bouncing back with a big win, getting to 3-1 and on the season. South Dakota Mines follows them at number 7, excuse me, number 8. The Hard Rockers 0-1 in the conference after losing to um, after losing to Shadron last weekend, so they fell quite a bit in the standings. But they do have a little bit of a bounce back game this weekend. CSU Pueblo hasn't shown to be great, and that is a long trip from Pueblo to Rapid City. 
So if South Dakota Mines was ever going to get a victory over the Thunderwolves, this would be the weekend. However, I am not going to predict that. I am going to predict that CSU Pueblo, uh, like I said, wins 24-6. Obviously, that uh, has a lot to do with how Pueblo comes comes ready to play. Adams sitting at number 9, 0-3 overall, 0-1 in the conference. Not had a great start to the season, but there's still plenty of time to start making a little bit of it up. And then rounding out the standings, Fort Lewis, who, like I mentioned, lost 76-0 at home against Colorado Mines. They're going to go over to Gunnison for the Western Hall of Fame game this year. That is always a, an electric atmosphere. I think that's going to be a very exciting game, and it'll be interesting to see how it comes out. I do have Western winning in, in mainly a dominant fashion here. Going to find the final score prediction from my column. I have Western winning 46-12, to kind of similar to their game against Western New Mexico, where they're able to get out early and just continue to extend their lead. I expect Josh Cummings to have a big game. I expect Connor Desch to have a bounce-back game with no interceptions. Everybody's going to be running up and down, and that defense is going to smother Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis finished with a total of 22 yards this past weekend. So there is a lot that the Skyhawks need to do. Like I said, they're just falling on hard times and they're really not in any position to get a whole lot better by the end of the season. But still want to see those kids come out and compete. That's what the RMAC and that's what college football is all about. But that is going to wrap it up here. Like I mentioned before, follow my other podcast at FEOTB Pod or at Dago Express to keep up with everything that's going on with this show. Read my column on D2Football.com. You can also listen to the new episodes of this podcast on Fridays on d2football.com as well under the podcast tab. My name is Jimmy Pilato. Hopefully you guys are all set for another weekend of RMAC football, and we will catch you guys next week for more of the Top of the Mountain podcast.